Welcome to the social medium. No, I'm not a medium, but I do love different mediums, like social media and podcasting. You may know me from Savar Vive by JJ or My Beauty Fuel Food by JJ. Now I am a business founder and entrepreneur. Take three, let's do this. This morning, I am with Charlotte Muller, who is the hormone specialist, um, a real expert, especially known here in Paris um, and in France for her knowledge on hormones and fertility and women's health. Um, we discussed once at length on another podcast about your history. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Um, So, you know, as I know, you went to law school in the USA. Um, you have a background in finance or law or, I mean, you're a girl boss, that's for sure. Um, but what made you decide to kind of take a step back and do fertility yoga? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So a long time ago, yeah, I went to law school in the U.S. I went to NYU in Colombia, and I started working as a lawyer three years in private practice in international law firms. So my background was, uh, you're kind of, kind of right, it's, it's called international economic law. So basically international arbitration in front of the World Bank. Um, it's arbitration in between a state and a multinational company, but really, really large, massive amount of, of money at stake. And I worked two years and then I went in-house because I I just, you know, I wasn't attracted by all the glitz and like what people thought of me. I just did that because I was, you know, like the good kid, made yeah. my parents proud, went to good school. Yeah. But I wasn't happy there. And, you know, when you say that now, it makes sense. And people are chasing a way of life that fulfills them. But yeah, for the longest part of of time when I grew up, I think like we, there was this social uh, understanding that what you do for a living is entirely who you are. Yeah. And what I did, even though like my the partner of my law firms were super proud, I was like that they're on that woman's initiative track and you know like what school you went to, what are the clients you deal with, but that wasn't making me happy. I wasn't fulfilled by that. And all the less, they weren't nice people. <laughs> and I had really no woman that I could relate to. Like being on the women's initiative was such like a scheme, really. Like there is no woman that I could relate to. Or um, at the time, I was just discovering my uh, hormonal imbalance. So it was a long time ago. It was more than 10 years ago. And um, at the time, you have to imagine that there was no such thing as Vogue.com or Elle.com or Marie Claire. And really, I have like to say the world about Marie Claire because they are the ones who supported my practice in the first place and published so many articles about what I do. Um, they are really well versed and, and focused on women's health. Uh, but there wasn't such thing. There was one poor article on, actually on Marie Claire on what PCOS is. So I have... Uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, so I, I don't have, like, it's not cysts. It's not actual cysts. It's a lot of follicles and I, I, I didn't have my periods basically. So I went to a, a gynecologist who, who is really good, like one of the best in France after not having my period for you. And also, I think that, you know, to clarify, like, it's also something that I um, yeah. have gone through. And I think that there's such a stigma against it because yeah. you think people are just going to say to you, like, 
you work too much or you don't eat right or you don't take care of yourself. So you don't want to say anything because you're like, oh, people are just going to tell me. I mean, I even know even my dad being a doctor and be like, Jesse, you don't need enough. That's why you don't have a period. And and I knowing that's not true, you just don't even want to bring that up because you're just like, no, you're wrong. But then people just say, no, but this is the way it is. So yeah. and definitely and also I didn't have the symptoms of of PCOS. So PCOS in French, um, the acronym is not PCOS, it's SOPK. And and again, because the literature was so poor online ten years ago that I had to Google it in English and, and look look for it, but I didn't have the symptoms. It's like most likely uh, a bit overweight, um, uh, a lot of hair and um, and acne, like like breakouts and yeah, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, well, my skin is better now because I'm older, but I could have some breakout, but it wasn't like that bad. Right, it wasn't covered and and. Whereas if I have a girl in my class who has PCOS, like I would look at her and I would say, oh yeah, you like I would think that in, in my yoga class, like you have the body type of PCOS, which yeah. I never had. So just like you, when people say, oh, you're too stressed. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, no, I don't think so. I work out like a beast and this is how I release all my stress work. Like it doesn't like, I don't have anxiety. Yeah. So maybe I was confused. What's the difference between anxiety and stress? But yeah, nothing was stressing me out. Like things yeah. just like, like flowing i i would go and run a lot though like a lot three times a week for about an hour so that's a lot and then i would go because that is the hype at the time i would go to uh yoga vikan and yoga so again a lot of cardio exercises and what people were telling me is your stress and i was like my understanding was stress comes from work oh yeah it's like i'm not an anxious person like i don't know what that is it's like but again, yeah, it's because of my own. I'm not anxious because I don't have that that fluctuation. Yeah, I'm not run by it. Uh, and so, uh, it, my understanding of stress was not good, and I had to go through the worst IVF cycles and have internal bleeding and be hospitalized after an IVF that went out to understand what stress is because again as I'm, I'm a trained lawyer so what i do is i don't understand something and i want to clarify something i'm just going to research it and read and i'm, I'm like that kind of calm person when you see me on instagram you think i'm doing like two thousand things a day yeah but in reality i like that calm time when my mind can process things and i did what i was trained to do so when i was told that my hormones were all over the place i just looked up uh, for it on the internet, and there was no that not that many article in French, not nothing on SOP gap, so PCOS. I googled it in English and in all these resources, and discovered that in the US it was like much more prevalent than in France. So again, as you would say, like related to food, but people would tell me you don't eat that bad. So yeah, why is it that you are concerned by it? And then again, like years down the line, there are like so many studies now that show that PCOS. Is kind of um, something that is brought to you by genetics as well. And my mom has like very irregular cycles for a long time. So maybe that's how it came down. But anyway, um, at the time, I wasn't, it wasn't clear to me that stress is not work. Stress can be related to so many other things. And stress can come from working out like a beast. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that doing cardio exercise is not good as a woman. Like I thought, like I don't. Many people still don't know that. Yeah, and I was raised again. I was raised in the nineties and like 
2000 years when, when people would just like work out, it was that culture of, you know, like being outside outdoorsy and just like, going out for that jogging and, but no, it's actually not that good for women to have that intense cardio. And again, like if you're just like jogging and looking at the trees and having a walk and then, then yeah, it, it may be good. But if you're doing it too intensely, that's really bad. So just like comparing it to indoor cycling, like how intense is your cardio? Um, if you feel your, your heart beating like so, so, so fast in your chest, that is going to explode. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And that I would do a lot of the time. Like at the time, I was the queen of cardio, which was really that's kind of funny to imagine now. Yeah, yeah, you know me as that yogi person, but at the time, yeah, I was the queen of cardio, doing all this running. I would, I would love my training to do marathon and half marathon. Loved that because I was all alone. I did marathons. Yeah. Okay. I I love that. I love that. It's just such a long time you know just when i describe um reading that um all this uh, publication and legal journal it's just like the longest time with yourself you just have to be concentrated so it's calm it's peace but it's not actual peace yeah for your heart it's like the opposite way around cardio so you started doing idf you had a bad reaction to it and that was so your fertility journey started because you were like, I don't have my period, so maybe I need to do something to try to get pregnant. Yes. You went to a gynecologist. You went to a really good one at first. Yeah. You found off uh, first. I went to, I was just back from, from the Middle East where I had worked for two years. So I, I was um, uh, first going to a random gynecologist like around the corner and like next lot from. Yeah. Like you just took a yeah, different way. It was convenient. And, and I like the fact that she was not like, she was. She was a woman from the 60s or 70s. Like, she was bad by crooned. She was so chill. But then I realized it's better when someone is fully equipped with tech. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. Well, if you're in a case that's different than Lenora. Yeah. yeah. And, and she wouldn't care that I didn't have my period. So at, at some point, I just said, okay, I'm just going to go and see, like, the like one of the most renowned uh, gynecologists in, in France. And maybe the guy will think I'm totally true because I'm 29, about to be 30, and, and I don't have my period for a year. And that's not really, really uh, um, a reason to uh, to get worried. But uh, at least my other gynecologist was not worried. She was just saying, you're too stressed. And I was like, you're working, stress, stressing me out. Um, so yeah, I went to see that doctor down the line, IVF, super complicated. So I kind of researched, how can you improve the outcome of IVF? And I discovered fertility yoga. And I was doing yoga, but I was doing big hot yoga. Yeah. It was too intense again. Um, so I trained and trained and trained and became that fertility yoga teacher in France. Like classes become, became packed. Um, law, um, doctors like me because I have that lawyer, you know, like training and I'm like, yeah. not claiming I'm going to take you to a tent in the woods and make you fertile. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I get the way I teach is, oh, and also my first job, I never did babysitting as, as a, as a teenager. Okay. My first job was, um, a sports coach already when I was 15. And I just realized that last year. Um, because I was doing the French championship of basketball again, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I played basketball. Uh, I was just as tall as you see me now when I was 11. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you were a tall girl. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I played basketball uh, quite well as a teenager. And then they gave me the, the, they call it the, the poussin. Uh, so it's, uh, how do you say a poussin? It's a kind of, uh, 
uh, chicken, right? Yeah, the, the baby chicken. So that's how we call the, uh, the really, really small kids. Uh, we do train them um, uh, for sports. So they were age three and four. Okay. And that's really, really cute because the ball is, even it's a small ball, it's bigger than the head. Um, off their body. And so I would train them um, on Saturday mornings. Um, so anyway, never did babysitting with a coach right away. Um, so yeah, becoming a yoga teacher um, in France, we have that marvelous thing with health insurance and you can get uh, prescriptions for uh, sports and working out. Uh, so it's called Sport sur ordonnance, basically sports prescription. And I become a certified um, coach uh, so that uh, my clients who have endometriosis or uh, who are overweight or who are depressed, because since uh, 2021, um, depression qualifies, um, and then you get a prescription for. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, since COVID, obviously. Okay. Yeah, because we depressed people um, um, quit everywhere. Yeah, in 2021. Um, so yeah, um, certified coach. So not only a yoga teacher, and I think that's what helped um, fertility yoga to expand so much in France. It's because. To the gynecologist, I was that super serious person from there. Not gonna, you know, like, again, take uh, their clients to the woods and say, you're fertile now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so that's how it's extended. But I, I, um, interestingly, first training I did after my, uh, what people know, um, to me, YTTNYK yoga teacher training in Hatta. And my first training after that was not actually fertility, it was menopause. So I did menopause yoga first because so many women who have to um, undergo IVF cycle are concerned with uh, premature. Um, so it's uh, in French, c'est insuffisance ovarienne précoce. So premature ovarian phase. So basically, you get menop- menopause happens earlier sometimes for bits of IVF. It's not really menopause yet, but you don't have You that. get symptoms. Yeah, and you don't okay. get that many, uh, that many eggs left. Okay. No, so that was my first training. Um, I just combined the benefit of that to fertility yoga. But yeah, my first training was menopause and all the hormones and what happens when you're in your 40s, 45, 50s, and hormones are going down. And now it has, like my practice has expanded from fertility yoga to explaining to women like, how to cycle sync. Like how do you sync with your cycle so that you just have a better life. And it's not like, only working out at that time of the month or doing yoga the week before your period so that you don't like um, exhaust yourself. But really, like, what is the impact of, of those hormones? Um, like progesterone, it's going to slow down my digestion. So I'm going to feel bloated. Should I be going for something super intense as a workout while that progesterone is also slowing down my body in so many other ways? And turning my mood into someone so, so sensitive. If I go for a super intense workout, then my body will need to produce a lot of testosterone and cortisol hormones to um, me cope with the high intensity and with the pace. But that's only going to, you know, like excite me further and may- maybe make me a slightly meaner. And, and that's like, you know, you have to have an understanding that you're not that cuckoo woman before your periods just because oh, that was the reason. One curious just happens. Oh yeah. Okay, now I have a menstruation. I know why I wanted to kill everyone. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's every other thing is that you have less strength and anything that's more strenuous is going to 
not help you replenish. So like, how do you live with that? And yeah. I, it's more like, how do I explain the moms to, to, to all the women? Because um, when I started, I was doing only clients with IVF. I was like, I would assume I would have only clients with IVF. Well, actually it turned out that I have 70% of clients coming for endometriosis. So endometriosis pain. And uh, I've been after PCOS diagnosed with adenomyosis. So adenomyosis is a, is a form of endometriosis. It's really painful. So I don't have like really painful episodes every month. It's, I, I have like two episodes a year, I would say. But I live with a very, very heavy stomach. Like tummy is, is heavy. It's like my, my love, my uterus is like, it's not the shame it should be. It's like I'm being a, um, I don't know how to say it, but like expanded on sides and it's like, uh, the lining is, um, is basically you're attacking the muscle. So it's, it's quite, it can be quite painful. And so I explained to a woman, like, it's, it's okay to live in a way that is not your lightest version. Right? And, but that's, that's trinus in itself. So your mind is tired. Because like, you want to feel light, but you always have the thing, and that's called hormones. And it's like you don't have to have like that extreme case of adenomyosis, like I have. But it, hormones, like they do impact your daily life, and they may take a. Um, are you saying that stroll? A stroll at you? The a toll? No, a toll. You say the yeah, toll. Take a toll on you, exactly. No, and one thing I find really interesting is I remember, and I mean, I think that this is still a part of something that you know is constantly a challenge is that at the beginning it was fertility yoga but then that scared people who were not looking to get pregnant and so now it's more about hormonal yoga but i think what's interesting is that it's there's so many women that don't talk about it yeah and i'm wondering what that has been like in your journey because i mean i'm finding it in my journey as i'm starting my journey mm -hmm. in fertility yeah that Wow, what, as soon as you start talking about it, everyone's like, oh no, I know. And then you realize that it's just like everyone, everyone has been through, like, I wouldn't say through it, but through a version of it. Yeah. Like, but no one talks about it. So, yeah, same. In my team, there was a girl and she discovered that her sister in law was pregnant, but she actually had been under, undergoing IVF for two years. Even though she had said, I'm working with like that, like, fertility yoga. Um, Expert in France, um, her sister-in-law never mentioned she was uh, um, facing a fertility challenge. Wow! And and you're like, wow! How do you not talk about it? And I think that it's it's different. Maybe it may be different in the U.S. because um, your health insurance is different. First, that's sort of second. Also, women. I wouldn't. So I'm not going to go into the cliche of American women are much more go-getters than French. But the idea of freezing your eggs is much more common. So women in general are in their 30s and understanding that there is something to be done. Like if you're in your 30s and not planning to become pregnant and have uh, a child within the next two or three years, you must uh, freeze and, and preserve that fertility. While it's something that's like so not obvious in France. Yeah. Even though it's free now. Yeah. Even though it's free. That's insane. So I know that with tech companies, if you work for Google, Amazon, um, Meta, they would take care of that and it would be covered in its free of charge. So that's how they attract 
uh, great uh, female profiles. But um, in France, it's it, it was just like the bill was passed last year, or maybe two years ago, and and it's it's really well the waiting list is insane. But it's uh, you can freeze for free, and yet we were just talking about that before starting yeah. the podcast. We have a common a mutual friend who uh, must do it because she's she's past uh, thirty five, and yet she doesn't feel the urge. And so, you know, it's really different Like the mindset and explaining health issues and like how the body works. True. I think I didn't think about it that way because health insurance is here in, in France. We take it for granted in us. Everything is for granted. Health is for granted. And I know it's a really good message. You see when you have um, uh, Mr. Sadhu who keeps his job while in an in advertisement, uh, advertisement guru keeping his job while undergoing cancer treatments it sends a really good message to people like you can still live but at the same time it's also say you know it's like um same thing life as usual and and we take health for granted because we have that crazy insane health insurance in france yeah um whereas i would want women to think okay um actually i wouldn't want them to think uh they have to worry about it but Life is different. Like the quality of life is way different than from our grandparents. Like we have plastics everywhere around us. Like yeah. Micro, microplastic pollution is insane. And that's a hormone disruptor that's really strong. Right now we're sitting in my new studio. Yeah. Looking at the paints and you know how much I invest in the, in, in the paint here on the walls. So it's a French brand and the oil inside of the, the paint. So the brand is called Argile. And it's not acrylic. It's an organic biosourced vegetal oil um, for seventeen for ninety five percent. So last, like the cost. So I'm not going to state another brand, but like one of the most well known British brands for like the paint that you put on the wall was half the price, which is like already super expensive. But if you want to remove plastic from your entire environment, and if you want to go like plastic free, which is a really big online disruptors, then you have to think, wow, how am I going to invest? And that's the thing, like, because we have that crazy health insurance that's covering everything, people don't realize that we're surrounded by plastic. The quality of the food we eat is really not as good as it used to be, like the nutrients inside and everything. So there's something to be done. And we don't know in France that word biohacking. Yeah. Like, that's not something. We're just discussing that, you and I. Yeah. That's something that no one knows. Like, they're, like, not anticipating and saying, um, I, I should take care of my health ahead of time. Yeah. So what I do right now to talk about hormones, because, as you said, everyone is undergoing some issues like with their hormones like yeah is it painful menstruation or is it irregular cycle or you know like chest pain like any woman are concerned but yet they're not saying it or maybe that they have headaches maybe that hormonal acne but you know it, they are not going to say oh i take care of my hormones yeah so i put it in another way i just say look um when you're turning 30 uh your body is going to lose 10 percent of its muscles every decade so when you arrive at 40 you've lost 10 percent when you arrive at 50 you've lost 20 percent it's called sarcopenie i wouldn't know if it's the actual uh, translation in english but in french it's called sarcopenie and um then uh when menopause 
uh, arrives. Menopause is the moment when the um, period stops, but your hormones have been slowly decreasing since you were 30 or 35. So it's not something that you just magically, um, you know, like discover and be like, oh, there's no hormones anymore. No, but you know it. If you can feel the pace of your body is different, you're not recovering as fast when you have a drink. You're, yeah. Like, it's, it's it's the thing. You really need your sleep. Yeah. You really need your like resting time. Um, so there's that part. Muscle is disappearing and the hormones are slowly, slowly decreasing and it's not happening overnight. So can you imagine in your 30s where everything is rolling and going super smooth, but you have not prepared for that transition. So um, going back to my journey, I was doing a lot of cardio. Well, cardio is not the best to build muscle. And starting at 30, we start losing muscle. So you should be really more doing strength exercise. And strength exercise is not going to have you produce all these stress hormones, which are cortisone and testosterone, because when you are pushing your heartbeat, like I mean, beating, beating, beating in your chest, then to keep up with that pace, your adrenals have to produce these hormones so that your body like is um, um, is facing that uh, cardio challenge. But if you're doing strength, you're actually, I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing cardio. I'm saying you shouldn't be killing yourself at cardio. Um, if you're building strength, you're actually helping your body face the fact that it's slowing down. You don't want to remove, you, you just yeah. want to add up. And, and, and by doing strength, that's what I explain to my clients, by doing strength exercise, then you're going to replenish. You're going to add muscle yeah. while your body is naturally uh, losing some of its muscle. Um, and same thing, hormones are going down. So the pace at which your body is going as a woman, so again, after, your, after menstruation, I think we all experience that. After menstruation, you're like super high intensity. You're like, yeah. I, I could conquer the world. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, that's the estrogen's effect. When you're past 30 or 35, the estrogens tend to be lower, all the uh, females. And, and you have less and less of that, you know, that regain, regaining that power and yeah. energetic again. And so what do you do? Well, you, as, as American, you'd say, you buy your eye. Yeah, you think of it differently. So that's what I try to do now in, in France. While fertility yoga is massively known, I try to explain to women, okay, hormones are not to become pregnant only. I mean, yeah, like they're a day, daily um, thing to be considered for your life. And this is how you prepare for um Getting older, which is a nice thing. Getting older is just nice. You just have to understand what your body, what your body is going through. And so this is kind of the next step for Charlotte Miller is working on different ways to age with um, age gracefully, but also in in the best health possible. Yeah, best health. So explain to a woman uh, you don't want to accelerate the fact that your body is slowing down. Yeah. So you don't want uh, that slowing down. Uh, thing to, to go too fast and if you don't want that then you have to um, reduce the amount of stress and reach and stress as i said describing my ivf journey stress is not only like work or environmental it's also the amount of stress you put on your body so your workout exercise so i want to uh, correct that and explain to women how they should work out um, for for themselves to feel their best not to um 
prepare for pregnancy, but just to understand their hormones. And that's a natural part of their life. Um, even though you may be on a 28-day pill, so I don't know if that's the actual translation um, in English, but in French, we call that a pilule de 28 jours, which means you never never have your periods. Even though you take that pill, you may actually experience some of the symptoms of a cycle and you feel like, oh, my, my chest is sore. Oh, I'm a bit bloated. It's because you cannot completely uh, put your body at sleep. Yeah. Um, I would say that's just understanding your, your body pace yeah. as a woman and how to live a better life. So that's for sure um, related to your hormones and your cycle, but it's also very much linked to mental health. And I think we need to address the elephant in the room is that your um, your again, your mental charge, your, everything that's on your mind all the time, all the time, it's completely, virtually um, driven by your hormones. So again, coming back to that week before your periods, when you feel like killing everyone or like everything is a disaster or such a drowning, well, it's different, completely related to your hormones, but hormones don't work in isolation to the rest of your body. So you also have to take into consideration what you're eating, because if you don't eat enough fibers and your body is slowing down because of progesterone, then you are bloated. But at the same time, your nervous system, because they look the area in your body that's the the more the most dense with um, nerves is around your um, intestines, and the intestines are directly being impacted by your hormones. So everything is connected. Mm-hmm. So you have to take care of your gut. You have, and your gut is going to drive the way your skin look like, and mm-hmm. which your gut is being impacted by the hormones. So it's like explaining all of that so that women understand that it's not them wanting to kill someone because they're the week before their hormones, uh, before, before their periods. It's actually like your emotion and your mental health is related to you being able to understand where you are and how to adjust to that. And it's it's just meditation. It's like the way you look at things. Like It's just imagining yourself being on a bridge and everything that's coming at you. So the flow... Um, the the thoughts it's just it's the water it's flowing it's just there and you are not um, there any obligation to follow your thoughts they may just come at you and you're like yeah I know it's been a day it's been a week like, can you believe how they've treated me but you're on the bridge and all of that is flowing and it's the river and you don't have to jump in the water you're just there and you look at it and you're like hmm I know where you're there. Oh, I know you frog. Yeah, I know you stone. I know, I know that uh, that that color of water. I know what's happening. You know, like a feel, and there is this I don't know this factory of whatever, and that's tainting the water. I know why it's there. I understand everything that's going going on, but I'm just not going with that flow. I'm on the bridge. Yeah. Last. Um... Last question is just a piece of advice. If you had one advice to give to women, um, what would what would it be to follow their twenty eight days and and really think about you know the different periods in their cycle? What would what would be your advice? I think it would um, in those days, um, end of twenty twenty three. It would really be um, to uh, be gentle to themselves in relation to. Um, what their mind is is going through because there is it's a very yogic thing to do but mind and body work together and if you don't understand how your body uh, functions 
then you may suffer for what your brain is experiencing. True. So be gentle to have that consideration for your body. You don't need it, but you mustn't. You don't have the obligation to follow that 28 days. But have a vague sense of, oh, yeah, I, I know that in about eight days, 10 days, mostly going to be my period. So.